This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You're listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this afternoon. How are you, Keith? Very well, Alan. Very well. Keith has been supporting Arsenal since 1887. Yes, I have. And all that time, have I had a letter from any <laughs> Arsenal manager thanking me for you know my contributions down the years? No, I've not. But, oh, some old Tom, Dick and Harry, only supporting the club a few years... She gets a letter. I have, am I bitter? Am I twisted? Yes. yes. <laughs> and Ian Stone is here. Ian Hello. Stone is... Hello. I've had four letters this week, Keith. It's been lovely. Oh. They, just, they just pipe them around at me all the time, every so often. He just sent me one the other day. How are you doing? I said, I'm fine, thanks, Mikel. It was lovely. And did he personally deliver it? I bet he did. He, he did. He personally it. deliver it on a little cushion. He said, tell Keith to shove it, OK? That's what he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, Keith, I've wallpapered my loo with letters from George Graham. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's not what you know, it's who you yep. know, isn't it? Like, Keith is referring, uh, listener, Keith is referring <laughs> to our uh, uh, brilliant young rising star producer, Jay, whose mother has uh, retired from the teaching in the Bristol area, mm. Shilpa, and uh, as someone let the club know, and, and she'll be received a very nice letter from Mikel Arteta mm. uh, congratulating her and her retirement and thanking her for all her devoted years to the children on headed club notepaper. And all of us thought, how lovely, what a nice gesture. Yeah. Except yeah. Keith, who just said, where's my letter? <laughs> I haven't had a letter. I've been supporting ours all for years and years. <laughs> nothing from them. Nothing from Arteta, you scum. <laughs> We had to talk him down to get him on the podcast. (laughs) And I want to know, why is she retiring? She's still young. I can't understand it. There's years of teaching ahead of her. (laughs) (laughs) She's a young woman. There's quite a lot of people in the teaching profession considering their options. Yeah, the yeah. You retired from stand-up a few years ago, didn't you, Keith? You should have got a letter. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I did get yeah. another job, though. I didn't stay. You know, I, didn't, I moved from one <laughs> career to another. I didn't just, you know... Who was sit. the Arsenal, Arsenal manager at the time that you retired from stand-up comedy? Arsene. It was Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger, yeah. Arsene Wenger. I mean, most of your stand-up career, you only had... Two managers, didn't you? Two managers, yeah. Right <laughs> George Graham and Arsene Wenger. And Arsene Wenger, lucky me. <laughs> one, one queen. <laughs> uh, how many prime ministers? Five? I don't know. 
Too old. Oh, anyway, no, no letter yeah. from Arsene. Arsene would, is, is too busy running the club. Whereas Mikel just is trading in the morning and then he's off in the afternoon. It is true. Oh, well. Arsene was doing about eight <laughs> jobs at once, wasn't he? He just didn't have a chance to write a letter. But, but on a serious point, it was a lovely thing. It was a lovely letter and a very nice, oh, just yeah. a nice gesture from Mikel Arteta, who's yeah. obviously got plenty to do, plenty on his mind, and yet he finds, you know, he's, he steps out of contract negotiations with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to go, oh, hang on, I've just got to write this letter to this teacher who's retiring. And Maybe maybe he didn't even step out, maybe he dictated it whilst Aubameyang had to wait on the other side of the desk. <laughs> do you, do you it's also worth cl- pointing out, Keith, it's worth pointing out, yeah. while, while, before I let you carry on with this, yeah. that Shilpa's really nice. <laughs> She's lovely. She's Whereas a lovely you, person. <laughs> That's a point. Ah, She's a lovely ah, person. Yes. She's a lovely person. Listen, do you think, you know, obviously, because Wenger did have control over everything, did you, the club secretary say to Mikko Arteta and go, are you going to be booking the mini cabs for the players to get home? <laughs> or did, 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 was Arsene Wenger running his own cab firm? You know, yeah, we'll be with you. We'll be with you in 20 minutes. Tops. Yeah, yeah. Arsene Wenger is on the EasyJet website putting in Ibuwe's passport number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thinking there's something dodgy about this. Yeah. <laughs> I really need some help. Yeah. Actually, it was Edu. Ironically, yeah. it was Edu who had the dodgy passport, wasn't it? Oh, it, it was, was Edu turned up from Brazil and got turned away at a bloody well. It didn't used to be called border control in those days, did it? That was another. That was a label they invented for the airport when they started to make a mess of it. And he got turned away and wasn't let in the country. Yeah, we so, had to wait yeah. quite a few months for him, didn't we? Yeah, so. We did, yeah, because he wasn't good enough for the Brazil team, although he would have just walked into the England team. And having said that, there were some quite good midfielders around in those Paul days. Paul Scholes was playing at that time as well. Paul Scholes not, was playing. Not Paul Scholes couldn't get in the no. team. So I think he, was... he had to go out on the left, but yeah. <laughs> Gerard and Manpath couldn't get on. Scholes had to play left. Yeah. What a shambles! <laughs> I kept going on about the golden generation. We'll put them in the right positions. Do you think? Um, do you think Saka's going to get? I mean, he's going to be getting called up soon. Not this time, but he is getting called up soon, isn't he? Saka. Would I mean he's surely what a player. We're recording this. This though, we're recording this the day after Arsenal's latest uh, triumphant uh, performance at, at Wembley, about which we're now becoming almost blasé. Uh, and uh, oh. Saka certainly <laughs> I don't have a Another trophy, yeah. Certainly in the first half uh, yesterday, Saka was was excellent. But wasn't it fantastic yesterday to take on Liverpool there and and to play so well in all areas of the pitch? When we had the chance to attack, we attacked well. Mm. We competed in midfield, passed it well. El Nenny had his best game in an Arsenal shirt. What is it about El Arteta Nene. that he's, he's able to get every single player playing to the best of their abilities, putting them in the right place, giving them the confidence... I mean, that was El Nenny's best ever game for us, yeah. right? I'm not wrong about that. No, I? no, he was outstanding, but maybe they're just playing a system that the players can understand. It's quite simple. They're not overloaded with information. They know where they're meant to be. I mean, that for, that goal yesterday, I mean, that was that was possibly oh, better super. than the Man City goal that we scored. The goal that started from Rob Holding on the byline, having received the ball from El Nenny, who got it off the keeper, right? And... And from there, we, we were mocking this tactic under Unai, the, the idea that you could start from your byline and pass your way all the way to the opposition net. But now we've done it twice in massive games at Wembley. But Karen Carney, Karen Carney was uh, commentating on the game for the BBC and she said it's better without the fans because we we would get on their backs a little bit about get rid of it and all that sort of stuff. But 
if they get enough confidence in the next few months just playing that way, by the time we get back, maybe they'll be confident enough to ignore us if we're all going I booted up. I understand what she means, but I have to say that there were times, you know, when we started this tactic, when Leno was in goal or Pear Chet was in goal. Oh, yeah. And... And you, or he's knocking it to Mustafi or Socrates or somebody like that. These guys are a bit longer in the tooth and they do not want the ball no. there. Mm. They don't want to be receiving the ball there. Czech never wanted the ball at his feet. He's been had a long and outstanding career in goal. He's probably glad to get out of it if this is how it's going to be played now. Whereas Martinez... Martinez, he could have played in midfield for Arsenal yeah. in the eighties. He's every bit as good as you know. He's, he's Martinez could have played with Morrow and Selly and these guys. Yeah. He's, he's looked at David Hillier. He just got in there as a holding midfielder. Yeah. But, but you're, see, you're seeing a structure now. You're seeing that p- players are playing in the right positions. They know what they've got been to do. You know, there's no headless chickens amongst them anymore. They actually, you know, they look like a team and go, right, this is the plan, this is what you've got to do, and this is, and, and they're doing it. Whereas before, you know, when he Arteta first took over, he had a team in total disarray. I mean, players were all out of position when goals were scored against us. They didn't they seemed to know what they were doing. Now he's taking these and go, right, this is what you've got to do. And, and he's run with it. But, you know, imagine saying that with a midfield of Xhaka and El Nene, We'd beat Liverpool yeah. and deserve to beat Liverpool, by the way. And that's got to be the system. It's not the uh, it's not the personnel because the personnel, mm. I wouldn't, you know, I, I would replace them with better players if I had the chance. But but right mm. now it's what we got, and they're doing a job. They're doing an amazing job. We've beaten Liverpool twice, Chelsea and Man City, in a month and a half, and won yeah. two trophies in twenty nine about... days. And Spurs have won two in twenty nine years. <laughs> 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 You've got outstanding memory there. Yeah. But their but their new doctor not documentary about Tom is aptly named All or Nothing, being the emphasis on the word nothing. <laughs> it should be called it All or just Nothing. Silt Zero Nada Buckets. Nothing. <laughs> Absolute bereft of anything whatsoever. That's what their documentary should call. What it made me laugh about their documentary, which they keep trading heavily. On, on the telly, is it says a season like no other. And you were thinking, what happened? <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just like every other. You came fifth and won nothing. A season like all the other ones. <laughs> Except it took place in a massive toilet bowl. That doesn't, that doesn't really sell it, though, does it? A season <laughs> like every other season. Season like every other. We won nothing. Arsenal won the cup. Our manager got overpaid and the stadium looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I'm a season like no other. Tottenham. Do they think actually nothing. people out there know nothing about Tottenham? I mean, do they really think they could sell this product without us not knowing that Tottenham are a pile of old donkeys? It reminds donkey. me of that old Billy Connolly joke. It shouldn't be called Tottenham Hotspur all or nothing. It should be called Tottenham Hotspur nil. Beautiful, isn't it? I can't wait to watch it. Cannot wait. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. The trailer. Yeah. There's some shots of Daly Alley having the ump and someone else has got the ump and then comes Lamella. What is Lamella? You think he's got the ump? Mourinho's telling that friendship is important in life. Yeah. <laughs> Mourinho. Yeah. Cool. Giving a pep talk. They're all looking at us. Surely, weren't you the Chelsea manager about 40 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> a season like any other. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur, watch something else. This is shit. <laughs> I think we'll be watching it, though, won't we? Let's be fair. I mean, they've had Arsenal fan TV for years, haven't they? To sort of mock us. 
This is our we revenge. We don't watch that ourselves. Why would we don't watch that? Do no, we? I mean, we don't. Uh, you know, no. no Arsenal fan watches that. That is only watched by fans of other clubs laughing yep. at us. And that will be the case with this documentary. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Outstanding, really. I'll tell you what is funny. Speaking of TVs, my, my, one of my kids threw, my four-year-old, I think it was, I said, what did you throw at the Can TV? Can you tell your kids apart, p- by the way, at the moment, Alan? You should know which... Well, one's, uh, yeah, I think, well, <laughs> what I mean, it's not that I can't tell them apart, it's that I wasn't in the room when it happened. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I've got a, a plasma screen, about 10-year-old plasma screen, and there's some damage done oh, to the dear. plasma. So there's like a black Ooh. blob in the corner of the screen, which didn't affect actually watching the match. But I, and I didn't know how it happened, and then I looked around the room, and, I got, and there's all these plastic toys, and there's a Thor hammer and a Captain America shield, and I said to my four-year-old, what did you throw at the TV? Was it the Thor hammer or the Captain America shield? And he goes, Thor hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and really cracked under the really basic interrogation. Yeah, you shine a light. So now, I've, so now I've got to get a new TV, right? So, but the guy who sells me uh, that sort of thing is a Tottenham fan, not a very nice bloke called Martin, and he said, "So I'm buying a TV off him." So. It's gutted, because on the one hand, he's selling a TV, but on the other hand, Arsenal have won another trophy. But he sends me, uh, he sends me an email saying, what was that silver thing that your lads were holding up in the air yesterday? <laughs> I, said, oh. <laughs> I said, oh, that is that is a rare and precious metal. Yeah. <laughs> rarely seen in N17. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> it is marvellous, isn't it? I mean, really, it, well, it, it's only sad. I mean, I to be honest with you... The cup final was great. I watched it with the kids. The charity shield, they weren't interested. They just... My, my nine-year-old, who has been into football and playing football and taking them over the Emirates, part one of the effects of lockdown is he's lost... Basically, he's lost interest in it. Mm. And, and so I just sat there on my own watching it and I'm thinking, we've had three, these three fantastic results against Manchester City, Chelsea and now Liverpool at Wembley. Obviously, we wouldn't have got these results without Aubameyang, but we'll come to him in a minute. Mm. And we've had to sit at home and watch it, and what days out we've missed here. This really, how fantastic would it have been? Although, having said that, do you think yesterday, if Liverpool had had the full end with all the flags and all the the noise, that they would have played better? Because they did seem a bit lacklustre, didn't they? But then they've seen lacklustre for about six months, haven't they? Mm. Since they lost to Watford. They've they've looked like that. Salah, Salah just, just wasn't there yeah. for me. No, wasn't there. I know we were very compact and very tight and that and organised and occupying the right bit of the pitch for a change for an Arsenal team. But they do seem to have gone a little... Mane's lethal, but I'm told he might go to Barcelona if they, if they lose. Uh, I'm listening to the phone yesterday, the Scousers, who you'd think they'd just lost the Champions League final, the way they were crying on, but they reckon that a lot of their players are just uh, burnt out at the moment. You know, they're looking very, very tired. And I think, yeah. actually, they had a point. James Milner looked about 68 years old, didn't he? Mm. I mean, he made that tackle on Nketiah, and I thought, mate, you are surely bound for the Championship now. How have you hung on so long? He's been around for years, though, hasn't he, James Milner? Years. To be yes. fair. Yeah. To be fair. But I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, do they... I tell you, one moment in the game where it went for them was they brought those two subs on, yeah. and when mm. they brought those two skillful subs on, and I was looking at Arteta thinking, "You've got to change this because Eddie's gone, 
Saka has gone. Yeah, they look knackered. A few Kieran Tierney, they look knackered. Why didn't he make changes on the hour? And then he didn't decide to make changes until 75th minute or something. And then we couldn't make the change. He had Willock waiting to come on for ages and the ball wouldn't go out of play. And then they bloody scored and equalised when we were just being pushed back because of fatigue. The moment he got Willock and Nelson on, how good are those two kids? He should have scored, oh, yeah. though. He should have oh, scored, Willock, though. That was a very, Willett very did have good a, chance He did have a chance with a header. That's true. He had a chance. But and their energy immediately lifted the team. And I've been saying it, I know, to, for a while. But how Nelson doesn't get more minutes, I don't know. Saka had gone after 50, 60 minutes. He's dead. Yeah, he looked it. Nelson should have come on on the hour because he's a fantastic footballer and we needed the legs and I think that's why we conceded. We, we were lucky in a way to pinch it on pens but I think we could have won it in 90 minutes if, yeah. he, if he'd made the right We're not going to get rid of Maitland-Niles, are we? I mean, Dunno. surely not. Dunno. I can't. You know? I really we... hope not. No. I'd like not. It just looks like madness. Can we talk about his penalty? Oh. Oh. Like, even the run-up. Well, I'll say the run-up. He sort of trotted, didn't he? And he just... I've never seen anyone look so confident, uh, really. It was absolutely beautiful. It's like Eden <laughs> Hazard. Running, this, this running joke with Tyre about Maitland-Niles, because Tyre reckons that Maitland-Niles plays football like every uh, every black kid who plays at Market Lane in Islington. Tyre <laughs> uh, can say it, being, having been one of those black kids himself when he was a teenager. Yeah. That there's something about how you look, the way you do things... Looking casual, looking cool, selling dummies, looking like you're not bothered. That whole style of, fo- of football. Mm. Um, and and Maitland-Niles has carried that from the pitches as a boy all the way to the Premier League. And actually, I think that Arteta was annoyed with it when he turned up. And I imagine that he was one of the players who he's had to say, listen, you've got to be efficient and functional and stop selling dummies every five seconds. But Maitland-Niles can't help selling dummies. But when he walked up to take that pen like that, Mm. And he looked at the goalie and rolled it in the net. It all came through. It's everything I I love it. I love all that that arrogance, that beautiful touch, all the dummies he sells, the immense talent. But what was interesting in the commentary all the way through was Chris Sutton kept saying, "What a fantastic player, Maitland Niles is. How disciplined he is. Yeah. How he can play in any his concentration levels. How he can play anywhere on the pitch. Praising him, praising him, praising him, and made him man of the match." And I thought, actually, what you're seeing in the in Maitland-Niles in the in the team is what Arteta wants from mm. him. But we know that apart from that, there's an amazingly talented, gifted footballer in there, and I think it'd be madness to. He's 22. He's going to be a terrific player. It'd be madness to say. It, depends. it, it would be madness. I mean, I know they're saying, well, we've got other people in that position, but then what happens if they get injured? Then you. You're going to have to find another per- person to fill that position. No, but Keith, so no, but just... the thing is, he wants first-team football. He wants first-team football. And, I mean, in this team, there's very few people who are guaranteed to be in the team. I mean, obviously, Aubameyang, but not many others. Because there's a lot of... Uh, there's a We're looking at it now and thinking there's quite a lot of competition. There are a lot of players not playing yesterday who could easily be in that team. So, Ainsley is but not guaranteed. that's the way it is. Well, he can't... Yeah, that's the way it is at a big club. You're one of 25. There's a lot of matches coming thick and fast this season. We're going to need all 25. You don't have to tell me that, but he's, it's his... Where's he, where's he going to go? You know, I, you say once first in football, I think he wants to stay at Arsenal. Mm. I, it, it, the way they said to him afterwards, he said, my heart is at Arsenal. 
I'm an Arsenal player till they tell me otherwise. Not till I decide to go somewhere. Not like Mesut Ozil, I'll decide when I'll leave Arsenal. He's not saying that. He's saying when they tell me I'm gone, I'll, I'll accept it and go somewhere else. But I'm an Arsenal player till they tell me otherwise. He wants to stay. He was fantastic yesterday. He's got so yeah, much skill. The fans love him. And he's playing a big part in his massive wins. Playing left wing back. It's not even his bloody position, is it? There was, um, yeah, not his position. I think that's a point as well. There was one time when he went forward and he sold a dummy to just do a cross. And it was so languid the way he sold this dummy. He made it was no yeah. effort at all. And suddenly he's got five yards of space and he swings it yeah, in. Yeah, it was a, like a Cruyff turn, wasn't it? Beautiful. It just made it look so simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's terrific. And he, and he, yeah, and he got the man of the match. It was his birthday. He took the best pen that's ever been taken at Wembley. <laughs> and um, I mean, he clearly and, and he wants got another to winner's medal. Yeah, another winner's medal. Yeah. Uh, have we signed this Brazilian yet? I mean, that's uh, is that a done deal? Every time I'm not even it's... saying his name this week. I'm not no, after the I'm abuse not. I got. Gabriel. All right. I'm, I'm given up. <laughs> Maggle Heist. <laughs> Don't give me that Maggle Heist. Uh, okay. What? Maggle Heist. <laughs> you need to say it with a thick Portuguese accent. Oh, yeah. Someone, someone <laughs> sent me, or sent uh, our Twitter feed, by the way, which has got a paltry following of 6,000. We get, I don't know how many people listen to this every week, but it's around about 20,000, and there's only 6,000 of you who have followed our Twitter feed. Get off your ass and click follow. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. It's embarrassing. It is. There are bloggers... Bloggers with tens of thousands of followers, and we're we're fiddling about with six that anyway. At not you Bentley is our Twitter feed, and someone sent me. Uh, you can, you can. I know you can do this because I've done audio books, pronunciation website, and you can get Muggle Heis on on the Portuguese pronunciation website. But yeah, we'll call him Gabriel, and we'll call Saliba Billy, and then we're done with Billy and Gabriel. That does me. It seems like we're 90% getting Gabriel and everything you read about his numbers and his form in the French League, same with Billy, these two are immense mm, centre-backs right. mm. with a huge potential and if we uh, sell as if we're rumoured to be doing Socrates and Mustafi, um, then those are two so outstanding who? replacements. Who is buying Socrates and Mustafi? Ian, don't queer the pitch. Like people don't might be the pitch, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Mustafi's form in the, towards the end of the season was excellent. He was very, very good at Valencia. He's played in the German World Cup side. He, had, he struggled with the Unai Emery. Everybody did. Yeah. And, and, and you know, he's a decent but he's a decent player. His confidence went. True. We just said six months ago, who's going to buy Granite Xhaka? And the answer then was... No one. No. But now you could sell him easily. Mm. And and there's and similarly Socrates. So the, anyway, what I'm saying is that these two will be excellent replacements. I'm a little bit saddened about old Big Horn possibly going on loan mm. or Callum Chambers being sold. But if you know, it's difficult if if you've got players coming in who are faster, stronger and better passers. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We just want the team to improve. I think Rob Holding's doing well though. He played well again yesterday, I thought. He did well. That pass really that good. pass to um to Hector that started the move for the goal, that was a more difficult pass first time than you thought, and he played it perfectly and gave Hector a bit of space. He did it a few times too. Yeah. You can lay it into him and he can ping it side foot, hard and fast, across mm. 30 yards of grass, straight to feet. Yeah. It's a lot harder to do than it looks. Because yeah. if you make a mistake, 
Yeah, either you pass to the an opponent, well, you in. miscontrol it, you're in trouble, yeah. right? There's no room for error. And he's up against Mane. He had a decent game against Mane at the Emirates when we last beat Liverpool. And now we're absolutely their bogey side, <laughs> don't we? I mean, they're, they're more scared of us than they are of Atletico How Madrid. did this happen? How? <laughs> what has happened? I mean, I know I got criticised the other day uh, for what, how, how positive I was on the podcast last week. Because I can't You're coming believe- across as a bit sensitive, Ian. You're coming across as a bit sensitive. You feel like you're taking things a bit harsh. Someone, someone's had to go at you. <laughs> I, I remind you to pay no attention to what any other humans say, <laughs> apart, from, apart from me. You know, yeah, apart from you. And, well, and, well, and, and, and the two of you. The point more, is, more, I've, more been, I've been I've been heckled for six months, right? That's the truth of it. I'm missing all that abuse I normally get from the general public. So when it happens, I'm like, oh, what do you mean? But I was quite positive. But Mikel Arteta, the job he's done in what with some of these players, making them just step up and and show a bit of confidence. And I'm, I'm yesterday. I watched it, and I thought, yeah, another step forward, another step forward. I'm, I'm feeling good about next season. I think really we're going to be a hard team to beat. I mean, if we go to Anfield, and, and you know, God forbid we do lose, but I want it to be that Liverpool walk off and go, God, that hurt. Yeah, that really, that yeah, was a yeah, hard yeah, game. Yeah. That was tough. We're not going to lose. I want them to fear us again. And they go, oh, we're playing Arsenal next week away. Oh, exactly. it's gonna that's going to be a tricky yeah. one, isn't it? It's going to be horrible. Yeah. That's yeah. What I mean, that's all they ever said. That's what, yeah, there was an interview, or actually it was a column uh, Tony Pulis wrote in um, the Times at the weekend, and he was talking about how Alex Ferguson had said to him, you're not going to win many games away, but if you make the Britannia Stadium a fortress, hmm. then you might be all right. And he, and, uh, he said... Manchester United changed their team when they went to Stoke. They put John O'Shea in the back four and they put some bigger players in. They put Paul Scholes in who didn't care about the physical side, you know. And and Ferguson teased him and said, that grass was so long, I thought I could see rabbits' heads popping up. He said, <laughs> and Pulis admitted it. He said, we made the pitch narrow and we grew the grass long. And people said, oh, it's not fair. You're creating an advantage for the home team. Yeah. He said, you, when we went to Arsenal, their pitch was like at a bowling green. It was massive. And they put water on it so the ball zipped about really fast. And it suited them. So we made our pitch suit us. And Arsenal always moaned about it. But Manchester United got on with it. And yeah. we only beat them once or something. you know. And it was quite an interesting... Well, quite an interesting. Uh, perfectly. Interview, I mean, you know what was interesting when Stoke. I mean, we used to go to Stoke and struggle every year and get bullied. When they used to come to us, we used to beat them three 0 Not even a problem. Never a problem. Not a problem at home. No. That's right. He said the only time he can remember losing to Arsenal at home when he was at Stoke was was the oh, Aaron Ramsey, um, the Ryan Shawcross yeah. tackle, yeah. which he said in this in this article was he acknowledged was a bad tackle. And uh, anyway, I've you know we've always been Pulis haters. On this uh, on this podcast, it's part of being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> but it was a very it was a very interesting yeah. Uh, yeah. interview that he gave on how to survive in the league. You know, yeah. but that's interesting. What Ferguson would do, he would adapt to go to play at Stoke, whereas we would just go. We'll send up the usual players and play our, try and play our usual game. But instead of sort of going, actually, no, we know what we're in for here. Let's put the big boys in and be tough and. 
you know. Well, this is it was very much Arsene's way. Right? Yeah. Arsene's way was, I don't want you worrying about anything mm. other than expressing yourself on the ball and playing football. And, and there's no doubt about it that his way was the right way. Mm. And what stopped him from continuing to win trophies was not being able to compete financially when Abramovich came in, well, yeah. when Manchester United under the Glazers went massively into debt, and at the same time as that was happening, we had the stadium move, and mm. so we weren't a, we were getting Schumacher on a free, while Chelsea were getting Drogba, and you know, I would that's what yeah, happened I, to us. I would also say I would also add to that that as well as having brilliant players, we also had a big tough team in that first ten years. I mean, they were big, our team. Yeah. I remember players talking about standing next to Arsenal in the tunnel and looking at Jens Lehmann and Sol Campbell and Patrick Vieira and Henri and Burkamp. These are big guys. And that second half of the Arsene Wenger reign, it wasn't. I mean, we did a podcast yeah, once years ago. but that was a deliberate ago. choice. You what? That was a deliberate choice, wasn't it? Yes, but I'm saying because he stopped making that choice later on, didn't he? And, and so we were getting bullied at places like Stoke and Wigan. No, what I'm saying is it was a deliberate choice to bring smaller players in. Yeah. It was a deliberate choice not to play a high-tempo, fast-paced, quite counter-attacking game with Perez and Henri especially, where you could suddenly turn defence into attack in a heartbeat and Henri would score. He would score and score and score and score. He knew that Real Madrid and Barcelona especially, with ball retention and tick-attacker, were winning these Champions League ties and and Spain won the Euros and twice, didn't they, in the World Cup. And that was the way football was going. That was why you saw Santi Cazorla and Cesc Fabregas and Thomas Rosicki. He was trying to get that sort of football going, that possession-based, skillful football. It's a football that he loves anyway. And it, it carried on, really, didn't it, with Sanchez and... And Urzel, but it couldn't quite make it stick because we were always a few players short. We were, we were just yeah. a, and we, when we lost players. Campbell and uh, and Vieira, that was like pulling the plug out of the bath, wasn't it? I mm. mean, the, the, whichever way you turn, the water ran out. Yeah, because they just they were too good. But I feel now with Arteta, he's going to he's addressing these issues. I think it's it's good that now the club's been streamlined. He's got in the people he wants. Sad to see Freddie go, but I think Arteta is his own man. And he, he's got a vision of where he wants to go, which is I think is positive. It'd be interesting to see what teams he plays in the Europa League this season, so whether he'll take that serious or not. It's bags. He will take of it. Of course he will. Yeah. If, you, if you win it, it's a chance yeah. to get in back in the Champions League. League. Of course he will. So he, he will desperately, desperately want yeah. to win the Europa but League. But we should have enough he... with the young kids to get through that group stage without too much problem. We, you know, especially we the way that. Bursting with talent. We really are. Yeah. Martinelli, Saka, Willock, Nelson, Smith Rowe's coming yeah. through. Mm. Now we're bringing in Billy and Gabriel, and Kieran Tierney. Yeah. We got Suarez looks like a good solid right back, good competition Ketty as well, good competition for Bellerin. The the area we really lack in numbers is in the centre and midfield where we're now we've had to bring in El Nenny. We're not sure about Torreira, maybe he'll get sold, not sure what's going on gonna happen with Guendouzi, even though he said it's a clean slate. Um, you know, is Lacazette gonna be there? There's a few little question marks about a few players, I would say Guendouzi, Lacazette, Mustafi, Socrates, who might be sold. Maybe even Bellerin. I don't know. There's a constant rumour, isn't it? And then, you know, for midfield, we need midfield. We need at least one high-quality midfield player. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Thomas Partey's the, the guy. Partey's the guy. Thomas Partey is all rumour, isn't it? At the moment, Xhaka is our number one midfield player with all his limitations, particularly that he doesn't get enough assists and get enough goals. No. But he has played very, very well as a kind of reliable linchpin for the last few weeks. But really, if he gets injured and misses six or eight games, yeah, we're lacking. it's quite a big hole in the team, isn't it? I can't mm. believe that we're having this conversation. Imagine having this conversation after Palace in November. Yeah, well, when he was playing badly, we were a disaster. Yeah, we were. Now he's playing well, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Who's the guy who's still on? Who was the guy who went to Roma? The guy we got from... Mikatarian. Mikatarian. He's, he's still on still the books. The... Is he he's, still on the so it's Mick, I believe he's Mick Atari still he's on, on the, the books. He's on the books. El Nene's on the books. I book. was surprised at El Nene, I've got to be honest. I mean, Alexander said to me the other week, El Nene got a 40 yarder. I said, for who? And he went, Arsenal. I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? He's still there. When did that yeah. happen? But I have to say, don't you think, uh, if do you think like I do, that it's yet another reason to keep Maitland Niles? Because Maitland Niles, when he first appeared on the scene, was a centrum in And, to play and I think it was a big, big mistake of one of the many reasons. Reasons why it was a mistake to sell Oxlade Chamberlain was because mm. he was a very similar player. He could play right wing back, left wing back, right midfield, part of the front three, or his best position, in my view, was centre mid because yeah. mm. his range of passing, Oxlade Chamberlain, is fantastic. Yeah. And I still feel as though, you know, they're talking about Liverpool. Oh, we might they might lose one Alden. They'll have to get Thiago. Thiago right. they just yeah, Thiago's brilliant, right? But just put the ox in there. Yeah. Mm. When is someone going to bat the ox? Because he should have 50 England caps by now. Yeah. I know I'm talking about a player who's left us and we're, all, we're supposed to hate our players who've left us, but I don't hate the Ox. He, he, you know, I, I want him to do well. And I watch him Liverpool again. He's not there. Maybe he's injured. I don't know, is he? I don't want the same thing to happen with Maitland-Niles, where we end up letting a player go hmm. because we couldn't find... a couldn't use him properly. I think he can play centre-mid. Yeah. And I well, think that, if Xhaka does get injured, he can play in there. That's exactly what he wants. There's no doubt that's what he wants. But whether Arteta thinks he's good enough, because Willie Ann's going to be playing there, isn't he? As oh, well. I'm sure Arteta does. I mean, you see how his form's improved. He's playing him in the important... He played him in the cup final. Played him he in the big games. think he's played him in the big... He must know that he's... You know that he's his man, so... Well, it's got Kolasinac there, and, he, and he's picking Maitland-Niles ahead of... Yeah. Yeah. I listen, I, I, I would trust Mikel Arteta to rate the, make the right decision, but sometimes it's about the player as well and what they want. And if he wants away, he wants away. But who knows? Now, what about this, the Aubameyang situation? I mean, I hope we're we not arguing know. over 20 quid here or something like that. I mean, it's just... 20 quid? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, he's going, I want 20 pound more that's, than that's, like, that's the Martin Keown row, isn't it? That's yeah. the Martin Keown row when, when George Graham sold him, wasn't it? Over 20 20 quid. A week. And then we had to pay two million pound to get him back. <laughs> Yeah, bat. Oh my God. Well, we did have, we did have. Listen, we did uh, bid forty million and a pound for Luis Suarez, so we have got form when it comes to this sort of stuff. This is what scares me. They go, Arsenal go. I tell you what, seventeen pound fifty and a club mug out the shop. How's that? I just, is this the way the negotiation goes? And the Bamiyans people are going, hang on. All right, a mug and a scarf. No, I want a key ring. I want a key ring. No, 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 no. You're not having a key ring. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want an extra parking space for me Lamborghini. Yeah. There is that. I can't when I'm when I'm reversing it, I can't see out the bat and I keep hitting. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll um, keep it in Kieran Tierney's mini. <laughs> can't we write to the club and say, listen, we'll stand by the, the negotiators from the Arsenal side, right? And when Aubameyang says, I want this, we go, yeah, give it to him. Just fucking give it to him. <laughs> well, hopefully they are. I'm, you know, you mentioned that Suarez thing, and that was so embarrassing. You oh, winced a bit there, Al. I was painful. And I must say that, as we were saying the other day, the way Liverpool have been managed by Klopp and Rodgers before, the player recruitment, in the face of the wealth of Manchester City to, to build this team where they're signing players, not for 60 mil, like Mahrez, but, you know, 35 is a lot of money, but that's what they pay for Mane. The fact that we're competing with them and beating them in games and Jurgen Klopp's applauding them. When, when Maitland-Niles took his pen, they cut to a picture of Klopp who almost laughed at the arrogance yeah. and the execution of it. We have got the respect back of our opponents. Yeah. Because for a while... Do you remember they said, what are Arsenal smoking, that they think that's an offer that's going to... You know. And though we knew, the club knew, that he did have that release clause and they just didn't honour it. They are, in the end, they were right not to honour it because he had a fantastic season for them and then they sold him for £75 million. Pounds. But, but that, we're, we're now respected again. But Klopp respects Arsenal. Klopp respects Arteta. Guardiola respects Arteta. We're respected again. And it was, it was a becoming embarrassing. It was, it was frustrating because Arsenal, as we said before, used to be a pain in the arse to play against. You know, just in the same way that people used to dread going to Stoke, they used to dread having Arsenal turn. Yeah. Mm. It was a pain in the arse. It would never get beat by three or four. We'd ne- it would always be, a, if we were losing the game, there'd be a war on and we would, wouldn't have it. And you need to have that spirit. That is the spirit of Arsenal. Of course, we have excellence in attack. We've always had fantastic attacking players. Yeah. And we've always been able to score goals and win games. And, you know, you look back over the years at all the great forwards. But the real spirit of Arsenal is, no, it's not, we're not embarrassed and humiliated. Thanks. We won't have it. And that's, we don't go down four, five and six. And then we went for a few years there. We think, where's Arsenal gone? This is embarrassing. What about that thousandth game at Stamford Bridge? Wenger's thousandth game when Mourinho just took the piss and we they scored two goals on the break at home because we were naively going up playing one twos thinking we could you know yeah, play I, I off, just feel relieved now like yeah it was a disaster yeah. it was a shit show and it's embarrassing as and Chelsea fans well you know and you've got friends with Chelsea fans as well just you just had to take the piss taking. In fact, people stopped taking the piss. No, no, that's the just, point. It was too easy. <laughs> they stopped taking all the other opposing fans. I used to walk on at the Manchester Comedy Store, and when I tell them I was Arsenal fan, they boo. And then about five years ago, they stopped booing. They just went, "Oh, you're all oh. right." <laughs> and I'm like, no, is this what it's come to? And they'd all be laughing at me, and I'd think, for Christ's sake, this is awful. Awful. Yeah, yeah, well, that was a story for Arsene Wenger, oh, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a story for Wenger. Arsene, uh, Alex Ferguson started being nice about yeah. him. Yeah, because he knew he couldn't. He knew Arsene couldn't beat him. Couldn't beat him at that yeah. point. Yeah, we knew that. He, no, it's different. He now. knew when he was rivals with Wenger. He used to try and wind Wenger up, and he knew he could get under his skin. But Wenger could also get under his skin, and that was why it was quite fun. <laughs> but with Mourinho, Ferguson's ploy was to constantly praise him because he knew he had a massive ego and enormous vanity and he would constantly praise him and say how marvellous he is it was fascinating he was a psychological genius Alex yeah he was yeah (laughs) he didn't always win but he usually did but I mean we were getting bossed by teams like Watford you remember we played them away was we not not like last season or 
There was a season before that, but didn't they oh. beat us? They was just. What you know, about we were going to Leicester and Wolves and places yeah. where they've got decent sides, well managed, yeah. and just folding. Yeah, we're getting yeah. beat three nil, three nil at places just like folding, that. Yeah, like an inevitable outcome. Yeah. Mm. Even in that season, twenty fifteen sixteen, when Leicester won the league, and we were more points than anyone else in the calendar year twenty fifteen, beat Manchester City just before Christmas, top of the league. One cup holders, everything in place to go for the title. And the first game we play is a Boxing Day at Southampton and we lost 4-0. Hmm. And Shane Long embarrassed. 4-0 at Southampton. I turned oh, over halfway that. through that game to watch 100 Greatest Musicals. I was so <laughs> pissed off. I couldn't. I just went, I'm not watching this anymore. What's in the other side? Oh, look, Singing in the Rain's number one. Brilliant. Oh, what's that? It was awful. <laughs> There'd have been a hundred musicals. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty ropey down the eighties and nineties. I'll be honest with you. That as you got I'd further up. my television up rather than do that. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I remember that time we got done by Tottenham, and I ended this on the Sunday. I think the following day, I ended up going around a Jewish cemetery with Linda around the East End, and it was grey, cold, and depressing. And I said, "Do you know what? I've had more fun here than I did yesterday in the afternoon." <laughs> <laughs> I know we did mention. Uh, and last week, I think that we were wondering about Everton if they're having because we were talking about how Chelsea is a Arsenal is a retirement home for former Chelsea legends. Sniffing round there, and I got a tweet. I did get a tweet at not you Bentley, and I, apologies for the, to the lad who sent it. But I can't remember his name, but it was an Evertonian who's a big fan of the Chelsea Club podcast, and he can confirm that there are many Everton podcasts who go on non-stop about Theo Walcott and Alex Iwobi. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, they did fifty million pounds yes. on these two. Lads Thirty million for Iwobi. That's that it was quite yeah. impressive business. I felt it was. Although, of course, I don't know. Maybe Ancelotti will get more out of him. But the Marco Silva thing was a fiasco. Yeah, it after was. All the fuss it they was. made about getting him. It was a fiasco. Now I've had a, a Brian Dilly has uh, sent me. <laughs> he's expanded on. Uh, the brilliance of the Mull of Kintyre Kieran Tierney song Far has he travelled <laughs> And much has he seen Playing for Scotland Was his childhood dream Now he's at Arsenal The fans love to see Our Scottish left back It's Kieran Tierney Kieran Tierney He came down from Scotland To be number three He still shops at Tesco's It's Kieran Tierney <laughs> We travelled the world for a full back with grit. Someone with bollocks, cause the others are shit. <laughs> we watched lots of players for our left back to be, but we kept coming back to Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney. He came down from Scotland to be number three. He's better than Ashley. It's Kieran Tierney. Do you know what? That's if we is. sang that uh, with a wife, <laughs> thank you, Brian Dillon. That's yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot in it. that. He's also offered up. He will run 500 yards, and he will run 500 more just to be the man that ran 1,000 yards to help the Arsenal score. Kieran Tierney, Kieran Tierney, Kieran Tierney. He had another good day yesterday as well, didn't he, Kieran Tierney? He's I love him. Eight yeah. out of ten every week. Eight out of ten, and that run. I mean, a few people pointed it out when when Aubameyang got the ball from the crossfield pass. Tierney made the run, and so the uh, the fullback didn't know where to go. It gives Aubameyang. 
Neander Chance. It's outstanding. And he does that what all about game. his character and his personality? What about... What, I just... What, I just love him. I, the Celtic fans still love him and they're proud of him. And they're proud of him going down to the Premier League and starring for Arsenal and playing well. And someone sent me a link to a, a Celtic podcast that's on YouTube with this. It's three... Like, I mean, Tierney comes in... And it's pretty impenetrable, Glaswegian, for most of it. <laughs> Sounds positive, though, did it? But there's a lot of humour, and they start, they get, they pull out a Tesco's bag, and they start having things that he might have in his Tesco's bag. It's very funny. I'll, I'll retweet it on the Twitter feed uh, for Kieran Tierney. He's a good fans, but yes, he's a good guy. And I ran into uh, Kevin Bridges last week at a gig, and Kevin Bridges, Celtic fan, going on about big he fan. loves, yeah, big Celtic fan was watching the. Uh, Champions League fourth qualifier or something where they got beaten by Ferridge Varos while he was waiting to go on. But he was saying, Kieran Tierney, not only is he uh, a good player, he's a really good character as well. He knows him a little bit and said he's a lovely guy. I didn't know they'd lost. Did they get knocked out? Yeah, they got beaten by Ferridge Varos, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, Ouch. they did. Stephen Slater has emailed me. Hi, guys. So glad you're back. I've been binge listening... I want to say thank you for making me laugh. I suffer with bad anxiety. To be able to come home from work is a breath of fresh air. See, that's lovely. Great. What a lovely email from Steve. Thank you again, Steve. Freeloading scum. And then, slightly spoils it, with, <laughs> with P.S. What do you think of the new Away shirt? It looks like a woman's run out of sanitary towels. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He's got a point. And borrowed the shirt. That's <laughs> how I'm reading this email. Oh, my God. I read all the way through. I read all the way through and I get to this, <laughs> get to this Big graphic. It's PS. Well, oh, I didn't know whether to read it because I don't want to. I don't want to trigger Steve Steve's anxiety. But do they use use sanitary towels with players' names on it? I mean, is that how it works? I mean, it's a sort of. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Manyan Lamb has been in touch. Uh, she was one of the two winners of a copy of Ian Stone's book to be someone. And she lives out in, uh, in where did I send it to? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. And uh, I have to say to you, Ian Stone, oh, it cost me £23 in postage to send these books out. <laughs> Are you asking for the money, Al? <laughs> well, I think there's a hint there, Ian. Yeah, there is. As soon as I'm working again, mate, I will send it over to you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, uh, Al. She said, it's expensive. Um, no, it's all right. I don't care. Uh, it, was, uh, it says... Uh, she sent another anagram. It's the point of reading this out. David Seaman did save a man. Did yeah. Save man. All right. Ooh, All right. Quite like it, but you're not getting another book. Yeah, that's quite <laughs> profound. <laughs> it's quite profound, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Quite profound. Uh, they love to beat up coppers. They tell all, then they tell all the whoppers. <laughs> Harry's the worst of the stoppers. It's the Maguire family. <laughs> da 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 da. <laughs> da 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 da. <laughs> They love to beat up coppers. Then they all tell whoppers. Harry's the worst of the stoppers. It's the Maguire family. Da, 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 da. Oh, that's going to catch that on. That's going to catch on. tweeted to me day. by Jason, uh, Jason Clifford. Thank you for that on, uh, on at Not You Bentley. If you want to email us, uh, it's TuesdayClubPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we particularly enjoy uh, songs. Uh, uh, no, the lads don't like me singing them. But Oh, no, we do. We do. I've recorded your singing. <laughs> It's great for scaring cats away. I have it on the oh, loop. listen to you. All right. Well, just for that. Keith, what have you done? 
Yeah. What did you no, say? No. I tell you why, because I, I love hearing Damien's response. Because oh. anytime Alex says, you hear this sigh, oh, God, no. We don't and need it, someone from the music business to judge my I'm not looking for a recording contract. It just makes me laugh every time I hear Damien. Just, oh. Andrew, Andrew Bridger has sent this one. Right? Are you ready for this? Once we had Giroud, Schumacher and Bentner too. The chance the kids were given, it was Mikel's best decision. Martinelli, Willock, and of course, mate, the Niles. Whoa! What tune is that too? I don't even know it's what tune is. It's Tainted Love. I lost it on the way. Through. Oh! All right, I'm not doing it anymore. You're <laughs> no, it. no, no, Tainted Love. Right. Mate, mate, the Niles Tainted Love. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you for telling us. Once we had Giroud, Schumacher and Bentner I've spoiled it because I'm trying to put too much in. Yeah. I'm trying too hard. Yeah. I'm trying too hard. Try and copy the like original. Under Emery. Try and copy the original rather than the Mark Armand soft sell version. The original was a bit more pared down. I don't, want to, but I don't want to set off Mark Armand's anxiety either. No. I'm going to ruin everyone's lives. I've had to listen to hip-hop the last, oh, was it four days? I was working at a house and some plumbers were there and they played some hip-hop uh, Not a fan of hip hop, Keith. No, can't believe God, it. Tedious, <laughs> repetitive, mindless crap. Absolutely. Sure. Alan, can you do all the all the other tunes now in hip hop styling? Oh, just to annoy don't. I'd be just, happy to listen to that. Oh, for the love of God, I was so pleased. It's to quite just a grill. cultural gap between uh, between the hip hop scene. It's it's uh, the size of the Grand Canyon, I think. This particular <laughs> cultural gap. I must say, though, I don't know anything about hip-hop either. Uh, I've only got an Eminem CD, obviously. But um, it's a really good documentary about Grandmaster Flash and the... On, and the um, Furious Five. Netflix, is it? I don't know. Bell B, right. one of those channels. Oh, it's really good. So that, that you, need to, you need schooling, Keith. You need schooling in the origins of hip-hop. Oh, I'm sure um, uh, T will uh, give us an update. He's into the whole... He won't help you out. No. He just loves the fact that we don't know anything about it and he thinks it matters, <laughs> but he doesn't realise <laughs> that middle-aged white men don't give a shit. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And if they do, they look ridiculous. Mm. Yes. Uh, T, could we get a celebrity gooner on this show? I'm thinking Spike Lee. Could we get Spike Lee on 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 the podcast? What? what? Well, Spike why? Lee's an uh, he's why? an Arsenal fan. Why? Because it would Spike wind Lee? up Tyo immensely if I was on the same podcast as Spike Lee. Oh, and, I see. Oh, wouldn't that be great? He's a, I mean, he's a massive gooner. I'll see when, what you're getting at. See what you're driving at. When Keith met Spike Lee, would be a podcast I would listen to. Well, well, I think we should all be on it. You know, <laughs> think, you know, you get someone like Spike Lee on there. I mean, come on, you're you're two respected authors now. You've got people. You must know who his people. Get your people to speak Alan, to his have people. You got people. I've got. Yeah. I haven't got any people. Oh yes. Thanks, Keith, for giving me the opportunity to announce that my own book is coming it's out true. on Tuesday, and yes. there will be no, there will be due to the expense of sending out copies, there will be no free copies <laughs> given away. <laughs> yeah, it's so all freeloading scum. I don't care if you read it or not. I do, but you have to buy these products. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, we haven't got any ads to do this week, but if I do an ad about, say, a beer company and they're doing a promotion with forward slash Tuesday on the end of it. Click on it, you freeloading scum. Click on it, or they won't come and buy another ad. And you're ruining us, and we've got children. Well, Keith hasn't. No, he's got yeah, stolen, I had a cat, stolen cats. But, you know, but... I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> got neighbours. Uh, but, I mean, this. <laughs> That's not the same. It's 
same as having children. <laughs> <laughs> Buy them gifts occasionally, you know. Oh, do you? Yeah. You never bought us a gift, do you? Well, I, well, I get occasionally, you know. A birthday crops what? up, they'll go mad. You know. Right, crops up. <laughs> got, got. It's not the same Every as child Keith, it's not the same as childcare, I can tell no, you. No, I, I, listen, I'm, listen, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're you're right on that thing. All oh, they're noisy ones as well, they're Tottenham fans. Uh-huh. Which is, you know, you should never have a Spurs fan for a neighbour. But he's like no other. Yeah, he's always yeah. in his garden swinging on a tire on a rope. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's most of them do. But uh, no, no, I think people should buy your book and uh, well, and yours too, Ian. Why not? You know, I mean, uh, why I'm not? You're well, right. I, I will get round to reading your book. Uh, is it just your, your relationship with the jam? Or, you know, oh, look, just read it. Read it. What are you doing? <laughs> You're making him describe it to you. It's been out for weeks. <laughs> We've been on here plugging it, giving away copies, and you're sitting there going, what's it about then? Get, get yourself down the foil. It I'll buy is, one. I'm waiting for the audio version, <laughs> frankly. That's what I was hoping for, as read by Alan oh. Davis. That would have that been... Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I am available. <laughs> Very much so, at the moment, yeah. as, are as we, we all, all are in the, in yeah. the world of comedy. Uh, anyway, listen, gents, what's coming up? We've got no match next week. We've got what are your hopes in the transfer window? Centre mid, what, Aubameyang to sign. Aubameyang well, to sign. Gabriel. Ideally, yeah, yeah. Those Gabriel two. to sign. And Ainsley to stay. I would like Ainsley yeah. to stay. And after that, and, and, after that, who would you sell to raise money? Would you let Torreira go? Would you let Mustafi go? Would you let Socrates go? If we get Partey, would you let Guendouzi go? If we get Partey, I would sell Guendouzi and I would sell the two centre halves. I'd like, I'd like to keep Torreira. He, there were times mm. when I thought Torreira was the answer, and I think, I think Mikel can get a tune out of him, but he, it's sort of been a bit off kilter the last few months so I'd like to see but I like Torreira he's a fighter you know mm. and I you like do that. need someone who does rats about he does he does know. rat about he does uh, you know, who... and we are light we're very light in that area but and then he appears to have moved ahead of him in the queue what? just based on yesterday but I listen I don't I, yeah. listen I've got nothing against the man but he's incredibly dull I mean don't do anything Wrong. But that's his job, mate. I mean, he's up against yesterday. Mm. He's up against Wijnaldum and, and Fabinho in there. And Arsenal are... The way it's set up at the moment, I I sort of wonder if he will go to a to a back four if he can trust in the centre-backs. How old is he Because if you do have five... Def- oh, I don't know, late 20s. Yeah. If you do have five defenders, you are light in midfield. So there were a couple of your man down, right? And there were a couple of times when... Aubameyang got the ball on the left and we're looking for a breakaway and he's having to play really quite ambitious passes to try and get Nketiah or Saka in yeah. and they're getting snuffed out by Liverpool because he looks to, to his, the midfield as no one mm. because we're a man light in midfield there's no one who can really rampage forward in the centre of the pitch and I'm sure that Arteta would rather play four at the back and have another central midfielder. And maybe that's what he's hoping to do. Maybe he's hoping if I get these good centre-backs, good full-backs, get us solid, I will be able to put Willian in the middle of the pitch. I still have Jacker and Elneny or whoever it is, but have Willian in the middle of the pitch. And so when we do have, when we do break and we've got so there he is waiting to join in rather than there being this sort of space between... And Ketia, at the moment, the way we're set up, playing number nine is an exhausting experience. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, the, you know, you watch Lacazette run himself into the ground in the cup final, and Ketia runs himself into the ground. We need. You feel like we are a body light, and and sometimes you watch Man City and they do feed the fullbacks into midfield to make that extra man. But if you're playing five, if you're playing three centre halves, that is the trade off, right? That is the trade. Of course, it is. But I think it's about personnel. I think once he gets the personnel, I think he'll play something where the fullbacks be part of a four and they can get forward anyway. And you've got the extra man, but. He's having to adapt. I like the fact that I like how adaptable he is. You know, we can play in a number of different ways and different formations, and the players are happy to listen to him. I think mm. that's a positive. I mean, I, like I say, I'd like to see four three three in the end. But it feels like the signing of Willian is really all about going to a back four. I would say so. I think the signing of Gabriel and Billy Saliba is about because Louise is. You're not sure in a back four. In a back three, he's fantastic. Mm. He's got support either side. It's such an interesting thing. He's such a talented player. Why does he says a mistake waiting to happen? Yeah. Similarly with Mustafi, much better in a three than a than a two. I think, maybe these two new lads will be will be all right. I think uh, Arteta definitely knows what he wants, and I you, you can see it coming together though. Whereas previous seasons under Arsene and and especially you know Unai. You didn't see that we were getting in the players that were going to build a squad. I see Arteta no. now building a squad. He seems to be get, getting the players in that he wants, and he's, he's trying to offload the players. But it's in the current crisis. Have uh, clubs got the money to spend on? Are they going to spend money on people like Socrates, Mustafi? Are they going to take a chance? Are they going to buy cheap? I don't know. Well, you know, maybe maybe cheap is what clubs need to do. When's the mm. transfer window close? By the way, October the sixth. Oh, we've got a bit of time, haven't we? Mm. Ages. Oh man, Ages. it's going to make it quite a sort of fraught first couple of weeks of the season if people haven't been tied down, isn't it? I don't. I'm not really looking yeah. forward to that. Well, that's the thing with Aubameyang. You feel as though everything is dependent almost on what happens at Barcelona. What happens with Luis Suarez and Lionel Messi, and where do Barca then go? To replace those goals, are they seven hundred million they look around debt, Europe. Yeah. They are massively in debt, but they'll get. They, that's why they they don't want to let Messi go for free, right? They want to get a transfer fee for him, a transfer fee for Suarez, and then where do they go? They go Sadio Mane and Aubameyang. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because where's where's the guarantee? Twenty five, thirty goal strikers in Europe. It's those two. Well, let's hope they keep. Let's hope they keep Messi know. tied up in court for the next six weeks. Then. Really? <laughs> I was really, I was, you know, people were saying to me, what do you think? Oh, I would love Messi in the Premier League. Someone said to me yesterday, I've heard he might go to Leeds because he really likes Bielsa. And, they, and, they, and I said, this, this is the single greatest transfer idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Messi goes to newly promoted Leeds United. I mean, really, after the way they were shafted in the Ridgetale years and that, all that, and they went all the way down... Uh, anyway, I doubt that will happen. But I would love to see him in the Premier League. And, but if, if it means suddenly the door opens at Barca for going out and shopping for a 30-goal striker and they want Aubameyang, I, I would rather keep Aubameyang and have Messi in Spain. But, yep. you know, Aubameyang seems an intelligent guy. Would you want to go, listen, I'm at, I'm at Arsenal, I'm settled, I'm in a club that is potential, has got a lot of potential, to do well, I'm not or do I go to Barcelona? I'm doing this. You're talking do... up Arsenal above Barcelona. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I didn't catch that. But it, Barcelona are on the way down. I don't see that as a club that's got the potential that we've got at the moment. I, I see Barcelona as a club in transition. Not that you're biased in any way, Keith. Oh, I mean, no. I it's, it's just that. Well, and the fact that I really hate Barcelona, I'm you know, loving every minute of their suffering. 
we would be sick to death. And we lost over Mars and Petit mm. to them and Alex Sleb, who I was a big fan and of. And Song, Alex Song. And we lost Song, and we lost for Milan. We lose these players to Barcelona. They come shopping for our boys, and, they, and, the, and the, the, the lure is irresistible. Mm. And, and for Aubameyang, less so once now. they come knocking, it's it, less so, I agree, but come on. No Xavi, Barcelona. no Iniesta, mm. Suarez, no Suarez, no Messi. I mean, Aubameyang's going to basically go, well, do I want to be part of a rebuild at Barcelona or do I want to be part of a rebuild at Arsenal? And I don't think it's that. I mean, I, we're taking the piss out of Keith, but the truth is, I think it's sort of 50 50, really. I think you'll still get a massive amount of money at Arsenal as well. I, d- I don't know. I hope he stays. I'm, I'm everything. Mm. I, I just hope he stays because oh, we need We need, him. That. We need his goals. He yeah. is. He's, he is he's unbelievable. He's unbelievably good. Man. Yeah. Me. Yeah, that's what I want yeah, from the yeah. transfer. If you're asking me, I want Aubameyang to stay. After that, I don't care too much. Does it really matter? Doesn't, does it? Flog off some of the older squad yeah. players, you know. Yeah. So thanks, thanks a lot to some of those lads who are not going to get in the team now. We've got a twenty, we've got a nineteen and a twenty-two-year-old. This is these are good investments. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the future, the back, but we need yeah. goals, and Aubameyang's unbelievably good. But, but if Aubameyang does go. Martinelli will step into this team at some point and he's going to be phenomenal. That's a big phenomenal. thing on his shoulders though, isn't it? To get 30 goals for you. That's oh, a big well, ask. Maybe, maybe big there'll ask. be goals from midfield this season. Maybe that's the, 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 the way to look at it if Aubameyang does go, but uh-huh. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> there, won't, there won't be any goals from midfield unless it's Willian. <laughs> but, you know, if Willian, and, as you say, if Martinelli and Saka and Willian and Pepe are all playing well and, and possibly and Ketia and possibly if Bamiang leaves they won't sell Lacazette and Reese Nelson uh, there's, there's a lot uh, Reese Nelson and there's, there's a lot of talent there mm. Uh, but just at the moment, we're absolutely mesmerised by the brilliance of Aubameyang. He, he was described in the paper this morning as the King of Wembley, and, that, and that's. Uh, well, even, that continue. Did you see Klopp's right, face yeah. when he scored? Even he sort of looked up and went, yeah, "Wow, that's a good goal." World you know? class. Yeah, he's world class. Well, he saw. He used to manage him at Dortmund, didn't he? Yeah. He's seen he knows that many he knows. times. <laughs> yeah. Listen, gents. Uh, we're two weeks away from the new season, so in the meantime, uh, do enjoy Tottenham Hotspur All or Nothing. Emphasis on the nothing. <laughs> emphasis on the emphasis. nothing. It is <laughs> not emphasis. But it's episode one. Nothing. nothing. Episode two. Nada. <laughs> episode three. Still fucked. Episode three. Sacked the best manager they've ever had. <laughs> Episode four, it's all downhill from here. Episode five, what? Arsenal have won the cup. Oh shit! What is the opening theme music? Is it? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's the last post. All <laughs> 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 oh, right, let's see you later. See ya. See ya.